It's been 20 years since 9-11. Today's college freshmen, they weren't even alive then. And with our busy lives and a relentless 24-hour news cycle, we're in danger of letting 9-11 fade away from our cultural memory. We won't let this happen. Iron Light Labs presents the 20 for 20 podcast, 20 heroic stories about 9-11 for the 20th anniversary. I'm Nils Jorgensen. I was a New York City firefighter for almost 22 years until I contracted the rarest form of leukemia from cleaning up Ground Zero and was forced to retire from the job I loved. I'm lucky to be alive. Many of my best friends aren't, but this isn't about me. It's about the heroes of 9-11 and its aftermath who forged good out of evil. Love amidst the taking of 2,977 innocent lives and about an equal number who've died since then from 9-11 related illnesses. Today's story, episode two of 20. My name is Makram, but they call it short name Mac. M-A-K, last name is Hannah, H-A-N-N-A. And I uh, used to work with the Wallet Trade Center Construction Division on 88th floor. Uh, during this time, actually, my boss was Frank Martini. that he did not really survive 9-11. Paul Ortiz also did not survive 9-11. I remember that day very well, and every day in my life, I always pray for them and pray for everyone really died during 9-11. And uh, always in my heart, in my mind, in my everything that I do, I always think about 9-11 because it's part of me. This is the story of Mac Hanna, the Egyptian immigrant, Frank Martini, the Italian, and Pablo Ortiz, the Hispanic and Navy SEAL, best friends in this great melting pot of a country. Three civilians who were part of a group of five guys that put their lives at risk, saved between 50 and 77 lives that day, and only Mac is alive today to share their incredible stories. But first, a few words about our generous sponsor. And now, let's get back to the story. Mac, Frank, and Pablo worked on the 88th floor of Building 1, the North Tower, the first tower that was hit. Mac was on the east side of the building when he heard a huge bang, but he didn't have a clue that it was a plane. Who would? At that time, we did not know really what's happening. Matter of fact, because I work for Wally Trade Center Construction Division, all of us would thought right away, this is basically maybe, we've been having a problem on 75th floor, they had the, the pump, the water pump. So they got the water from the river, it bumped to 44, then to 75th floor. So all of us would thought basically there's a problem with the water pump or something. So after what happened, basically the building was shake and we start, uh, we saw some fire coming from the northeast corner because the airplane actually entered 92nd floor between between 92nd and 93rd floor on the northeast corner and at that time I was actually one of the fire warden on the floor itself which basically just in case of emergency we contact operation downstairs and normally operation which is on a concourse level they tell us what to do but at that time we tried to call operation basically the connection was not really working and had to actually because my floor was on fire the 88th floor northeast corner was on fire Matter of fact, uh, one of our secretary, Elaine, she actually was on fire and she died that day. And uh, Frank Martini assured us not to leave the floor at all because Frank Martini actually, God rest his soul, he survived actually in uh, 1993 bombing. If you remember 1993 bombing on the basement. So he was telling us, don't worry about it. The one thing we have to worry about is the smoke. 
And after a while, we see that our floor was on fire, so we decided actually to take the journey to walk out. And uh, we couldn't really get in connection with anybody. I knew that that day, basically, everybody's calling 911, everybody's calling operation. So we started leaving, actually, the 88th floor. Mac, Frank, and Pablo had ventured out into the uncertain chaos of their floor to find a stairwell that everyone could get to. They found that the ceiling had collapsed in the main corridor. The walls around the elevators were gone. The men's bathroom had vanished. But they found a path, and they cleared debris to make it safe, ultimately bringing between 24 and 39 of their 88th floor colleagues to safety. And once they were all in that stairwell, Frank's wife, Nicole, understandably asked him to come down those stairs with her. I saw the, the encounter. She was begging him. We're on the stairwell. Everybody's out. We heard the banging from 89th floor. She was basically three steps down, all the four steps down. Frank, I'm not leaving until you come. And in the middle between them, and he still looked, I will meet you down the stairs. And it seemed like Nicole actually had feeling, you know what I'm saying? And she was begging him, but he will, he would not. He said, no, I'm going to stay to make sure. Because Frank was also the head of the, I was a fire warden. Paul Ordish was a fire warden. And Frank was a fire warden on the floor itself. Then once we let everybody walks out of the building, I stayed only Frank Martini, Paul Ordish, and myself. We heard some banging coming from the 89th floor. Frank insists to go to see why somebody knocking very hard. So we decided to just walk all the way to the floor. These guys were going upwards into greater danger to help others when almost everyone else was going down to escape. They were civilians who didn't have to do this, except that they knew that they had to do it. And at that time, we discovered that a group, they worked for MetLife Insurance Company. They were trapped because the door get jammed that they could not open the door. Uh, Paul Ordis was a good, I call him, he was an engineer, but he's a good construction worker. He had a crowbar. So we managed to open the door for them on 89th floor. Some of them, they came out, sadly, some of them, they couldn't make it out. And then we looked in, we saw actually that floor was also on fire. Mac, Frank, and Pablo saved 23 lives on that floor. Then when we came down to 88th floor, we find a man, his name is Mo Lipson. Mo actually was uh, one of the people who worked during the design of the World Trade Center. So we're debating who can take Molipsin and walk down all the way down. Being the youngest one of them, Frank said, Mac, why can't you take care of him? So we walked all of us together from the 88th floor to the sky lobby on 78th floor. You know, the building itself had two four major sky lobby, one on 44th floor and one on 78th floor. So we walked all the way to the sky lobby. While there, they saved more lives which Mac didn't even mention. I had to ask him about it. People were trapped in an elevator and they broke it open. And yet in another elevator that was there, their friend Tony Savis was trapped and they were unable to free him. We tried hard. We tried to push. He did not even make it on 9-11. And uh, uh, at that time, all of us were confused what's happening. That moment, actually, they told us an airplane hit the building by an accident. Everybody trying to manage to get out. And sadly, and Frank DiMartino was assuring us the building is very strong, nothing will happen to the building. We survived 1993 bombing, it should be no problem. So it was four of us leaving 78th floor, the sky lobby. Then after that, uh, Frank DiMartino, which I call him a hero of 9 11, 
Frank Martini and also Paul Ordis, they decide to go to every floor to make sure that everybody out of the floor. And I always say these guys are really give the life for everyone. And they saved a lot of life, especially for the people who work for the IT in the building itself. Every floor had an IT room. Most of them, they have their headphone and they do not know what's going on. From 78 floor going down. So we agree that we'll meet downstairs in, uh, by West Side Highway entrance from building one. Then uh, I, I took Mo Lipson. And while I was going, the traffic was stopped a little bit because building two was hit. It was about half an hour after building one was hit. Matter of fact, I did leave Mo and went to one of the floors. And I had a radio with me. I used to go to contact. We had our own channel. So I contacted Frank Martin and Bolo. They said, look, already I went to one of the, some of the floors to make sure that everybody's out. And uh, I came back to Mo Lipson and I started taking him all the way down until we get to 21st floor. 21st floor actually was a, a station. I think one of the firefighters there stayed with them uh, for a while. Mo Lipson at that time needed some medical assistance, so they helped him. And I remember one of them, I think Mr. Brown, I remember the last name Brown, and I, uh, he talked to me about really, do you know anything about the building? So I start show him more the building, how you get out of the building. Matter of fact, one of the funny story that all of us will get so thirsty. I told him 99%, you will find a lot of fending machines in the Fred Elevator Lobby. So all of us went to the Fred Elevator Lobby, we broke the vending machines, and all of us would get iced tea and water and everything. It might sound odd that they were spending so much time on the 21st floor, given all the danger that Mac had already dealt with. But he and his colleagues who worked for the building's construction division truly didn't think it would collapse. And Mac wanted to wait for Frank and Pablo to reunite with them on that floor. And then he was told that he couldn't. The fire captain heard from his chief that civilians can't stay in the building any longer. And he told Mac that they would have to leave. I always say I own him my life because uh, if I stay, I wouldn't be here today. He insists for me to leave. And then I took more and I start something inside of me telling me I have to run, you have to leave. I would think 9.45, we heard a huge banging. It turned out to be building doors down completely. And even we lost all the emergency power on the, inside the stairwell. And it seemed like after 1993 bombing, they had like a fluorescent painting on the floor. But that's what actually helped us. So it took me for a while to leave the building. The concourse level, the water was up to my knee at, the to at this moment. And uh, uh, while I was going, actually, also the traffic stopped a little bit. I went to a couple of the floor. I see some people actually inside. I said, guys, you have to leave. Everybody has to leave. That's all of us who are leaving right now. So we started moving down. We'll get to the concourse level. It seemed like after building two fall down, all the chandeliers, the building was basically like a war zone. But we could not really distinguish where the exit is because everything was dark and black and dust and the water up to our knee here. I saw a lot of dead bodies. So we went out of the building, building one, closer to Vigi Street and West Side Highway. And I will never forget that as soon as I came out, I was so exhausted because that's like almost one hour and a half from the building was hit until. And then I was calling on one of the police officers across the street. They told me, come walk slowly because object comes from the top floor. So honestly, I looked up and I see bodies flying. And that really, yeah, it touched me. I was, I was a little bit shaken. 
And I was actually matter of fact, yani I was streaming to the. I said, I need some help. I'm carrying a man. He's a hundred years old. So I, I literally I carried him. He reached a point he could not really walk at all. I carried him. He was very light and short. Actually, I have a picture of him. And then he kicked me in my chest. He said, By the way, I'm 89 years old. <laughs> he made me laugh, but he gave. He really put a smile in my face during this very difficult time. Yeah. Did you actually have to carry Mo down? I did hallway. carry him the last, when we get to the concourse level. He was basically, because it was a lot of uh, water and dead body, I did really put him on my shoulder and I carried him and all the way to the, from the exit here. That's why it took us longer than normally. And if yes. I, by myself, I would have basically, yes, it wouldn't me. take 10 minutes or five minutes to walk out of the building, but it took us a long time because he's going very slow he's and he will get tired. Yes. And I had to make sure that I have like a bottle of water with me and a, in fact, uh, was not. Uh, I had an iced tea with me. I, forget, I will never forget that because it kept with me until I get out of the building, actually. And after the break, we'll hear what happened to Mac when he got out of the building and the unexpected conclusion to this story. Let's return to Mac on finally exiting the North Tower. I walked out of the west side highway to the other side of the building, and I think it was like 10, 20, uh, 10, 20, 10, 20, 10, 21, and then the building fell down at the time. Somebody told us I was actually the last person walking out of building one toward west side, west street exit, uh, because I was told by some reporter one time that, you know, the, there's an image of a picture of somebody taking it for somebody carrying somebody out of the building. But it doesn't tell who that person exactly. But there's an image. Then after that, the building, I was out, I would say, 1020, 1021, 20. I would say that during, which is few minutes, the building fell down 1026. So you're talking about few minutes before the building fell down. Yeah. Mac and Mo might have been the last two people to escape the North Tower. I attended actually almost about 44 funerals after 9-11. Matter of fact, uh, one of my friends used to call me and said, look, there's a funeral message, for example, firefighters. I felt I don't even have to know the person, but I must go to honor that person here. Until my wife told me, yeah, you're getting very emotional. Because every morning I just want to wake up in the morning and find where is a funeral, one in Brooklyn, one in Queens, one in uh, upstate New York. So I would basically drive around and just basically attend. It doesn't matter do I know that person or not. That's not really matter for me. But I get connection with a lot of them. Yeah. Also, more I consider him give me a chance, another chance in my life because what happened, if Frank did not ask me to talk more, or if basically more was not there, one hundred percent I wouldn't be here because my nature also I'm not gonna leave my two friends, and we never thought the building would fall down. Frank Dimartin and Polar Dees. They basically give their life because they go from one floor to another floor to make sure that everybody's out with 100% conviction that, you know, nothing will happen to the building, all of us will be safe. But sadly, they did not make it that day and they did not find the body of Frank DiMartini and uh, Paul Ortiz. I felt that God saved my life for a reason. Especially, I heard so many stories and one of, uh, one of my friends his name is John Goon, actually. He did survive 9-11, but he still have, uh, he was electric engineer. He w I heard that when he was going out of the building itself, fuel came on certain people and died. Yeah, and here you go, you skip the building, but the fuel came on you, and they basically, they, they caught fire right away. And 
فأي فلت فروم ذات مومنت أي ريلي وانا جيف ماي لايف ا بيت تو سيرف جاد أي واز سيرفينج هير إن ذا تشيرش أي ستارت سيرفينج مور أند مور Mac was a member of St. Mary Coptic Orthodox Church in East Brunswick, New Jersey. And really realized 3,000 people that day, they say goodbye to their loved one and they never come back home. I really started to appreciate life so much. And I felt that life is a gift from God, really. Every day is a gift. You do not know. Thank God all of us who survive coronavirus, right? What's happening? But it's been a tough year for all of us, really. But I felt, look, let me really serve God. And then I start serving here the way the church chose a priest. When they see somebody serving the youth and serving everybody, they select that person. The congregation has to vote. And I was actually selected to become a priest 2005, November 2005. And I feel that I'm not even worthy to serve God, but it's really God that chose me to serve him. And I feel that's a calling. Therefore, we have to honor God every day in our life. Simon, he changed his name to Peter. Saul, he changed his name to Paul. So therefore, the tradition of the church, they give a choice. Would you like to change your name? I love St. Mark so much. And even uh, my son, his name is Mark. But he's actually Mark Sr. because he was named Mark before he became Mark. <laughs> so Mac Hanna is now Father Mark Hanna. Father, have you been back to the New Freedom Tower yourself? You know what? I have not. And that's probably as much as God gave me so much strength. But my wife, and we just talking about last week, actually, because uh, my sister Lou is visiting me. I have not got the power to go to Ground Zero yet or to visit the museum. Matter of fact, I spoke to Mike Young and Frank, uh, some of my friends, John Harding. They've been asking me, come, come, come. And I don't have the... And I'm sure God will give the power, but I'm praying to God to do it just before I pass away, to to to, to just to go to honor my friends actually going. But right now, it's probably just still so raw for you, and it's upsetting. I guess I know I, I've only been down there a couple times, and I have a very hard time doing it. But for you, your experience and being in the building and being there as it went mm-hmm. down upon you, and what that must be just very very, very tough to deal with. I actually after 9/11 I will uh, I even I have the card that was uh, chosen to work in Ground Zero. So I did work in Ground Zero for almost like a month because I was there on uh, September 27 because I have the card that issue, they issued the ID they card. They had the ID yes. card it got written on civilian and it just had like before you get to the Ground Zero they had like the center there you have to go to get the card. Yes. And I worked there but uh, what happened one day I was looking for uh, Honestly, I was looking for Frank and all of these because we're looking for the rubbish and I just uh, uh, They are cleaning but in the meantime my heart with the, my two friends actually then I broke down at the time Then came one of the chaplain to talk to me uh, I couldn't imagine myself. I'm walking on the rubbish building one which means it could be some of my friend actually Their dust on the ground uh, that was very difficult. Yeah. I can't understand that very very difficult to be honest. Especially a building you spent a large point portion of your life mm. actually helping keep run every day mm. and and now must have been kind of haunting to honestly I fall in love with the Willy Trade Center to be honest a big time matter of fact uh, you know building one when you walk on a concourse level yes uh, selling coffee on the left hand side of the city bank at uh, one time uh, one of the director of the Willy Trade Center was walking by and actually I walked in and I see some a lot of a lot of garbage and a lot of things so I started to kneel on my knee and just cleaning he walked in he said who you are 
at that time he gave me a free uh, breakfast and uh, when you get the free breakfast you go to uh, Windows on the World actually oh that's nice yeah, yeah. at the top of the trade center top the of the restaurant. trade center yes. yes yeah and there was people in that in the restaurant that morning who actually died all of them well. did not survive actually they didn't day, yes. yeah, yeah I think nobody from 92nd floor or 93rd floor above, above. Uh, counterfeit they couldn't make it down because it was I had actually a good friend of mine actually also uh, he passed away and he worked for a company called Car Future Car Future was on 92nd floor none of them made it actually we always say that 9-11 is my new birthday because a new life to start a new life here on earth here I always you know, to be ready spiritually have to be ready you never know what day you will live this life here To learn more, please go to 20for20podcast.com. And before we close, a special message from a very dear friend of mine. Hi, this is actor Robert John Burke. I've been fortunate to be a part of projects like Tombstone, Law & Order Special Victims Unit, Gossip Girl, Rescue Me. But I've been even more fortunate to become friends with incredible first responders like your host, Nils Jorgensen. Folks who are willing to sacrifice every single one of their tomorrows so that we can have our today. As Nils so powerfully says, I lost a lot of my friends on 9-11, including my best friend. And I felt like I had to pick up the flag for them. So I became a volunteer firefighter and I have been ever since. It's why I'm so grateful you're listening to the 20 for 20 podcast. I hope you'll subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with five friends because these stories are so important. Thanks for listening.